live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. This is Sam Collins with Meet in the Middle Chronicles and Norman Papoose with our guest, Mike Matringa. This is part two of our interview. To get back to the school you know, security issue you know, that, you, that you are moving forward, you are fighting, I don't want to say fighting, you presented a plan to a school district uh, board of trustees, and three of them didn't vote for it. It was for the good of the safety of the children. I don't want to say that the, the trustees, you know, had an intent that was not altruistic. But what were their objections? Well, I can tell you this, that I, I truly, and this is, maybe this is, and I'll take some, some blame for this, but I have literally been running 100 miles an hour since I got here. Um, I have... Uh, Maybe I've done a poor job of communicating with our board exactly what we do. I've had a couple board members come over and sit down with us for several hours, and we would, we've, my team and I have been able to give a, a full demonstration of what it is we do. I think that they, there's still this perception that Mike Matranga is the security guy. He just locks the doors. That's not it. What we've done and what, what separates Texas City ISD security from every other district is we are a full-scale emergency operations center. We plan- Do you think that terminology kind of worries some people? That you, you are in the industry, but when I hear that term, it, it, I, I think of the word tactical. I think mm. of the word armed. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean at all. I know it's not mm. what you mean, but do you think it comes across to some, some of the people out there in the community that way? How, would it, how is that different than saying that Tom Munoz is the emergency operations manager for the city of Texas City? It doesn't. It, it would have the same. It would same have the thing. same thing. So when I say we're a full-scale emergency operations center, listen, I don't want to get bogged down in the weeds of discipline and kids. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to do that. What I want to do is make sure they're safe while they're at school. And what is that? What do you mean by safe? Everybody always likes to think that I'm just here to make sure that there's no active shooters. That is a small component of what I do. You know, when in reality, what I'm really concerned about is self-harm kids that don't have the support that they need at home, that need social services. Um, So we want to bring in and build a very robust counseling service where we have a manager, which is what I proposed, uh, that oversees oversees a group of counselors that what I would like to do is, like you said, we, people don't understand our counselors are more academic counselors what i would like to do and i propose this to the board and to the senate is let's make counselors academic counselors let's de let's let's differentiate between what's an academic counselor and a mental health Mm. counselor and so what my proposal was is okay let's hire this manager licensed so that they can work with me on a daily basis when we get threats that come in they can then intervene on a on a you know therapeutic or medical side uh, so that law enforcement doesn't have to get involved. I know that when we have a student in harm's way that it doesn't do any good for us to continue to treat that student if we're we're treating the symptoms, not the cause, essentially, right? right? I, 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 I completely agree with the approach you're taking. But, and so let me ask you a very direct question. Okay. In the Santa Fe shooting, which I'm sure you have a ton of access to that information about what happened 
uh, would these um, procedures you're putting in place have identified the shooter? Yes. And it would have identified the kid in Parkland. 100%. The kid in Parkland had over 30 calls. He may not have been making the calls, but somebody did. That's 30 times someone recognized something that wasn't right. Where, where My argument is, where is the follow-up? For example, when we send a kid to DAEP, right? We've had five incidents in the last six weeks that were extremely concerning to me. Let me give you a couple. We had a student threaten to stab a teacher, okay? I'm going to stab you. Very blunt, admitted to it, said he would do it. Um, the last thing that we want to take is law enforcement action, but we have to. We have to for the greater good of that teacher, our community, and our and the rest of our students. My point is, it wasn't until, and I'm one man. I mean, I have a team, but we are we are busy. We talk about emergency management. I talked about that. People think we're just there for active shootings. We're there for threats to teachers, threats to students, active shooters. We're there for suicides. We're there to support parents. Um, we're there for chemical leaks, explosions. When I talk about emergency management, we have solutions for pretty much any, any event that could come our way. So let me talk about this incident. This kid said he's gonna stab a teacher, right? So I get a phone call that we've got a threat. Our deputies are now investigating this because it's met the legal threshold and probable cause has been established. So I go to the, over there, talk to the student briefly. Um, and he's angry. He said he said it. He said he meant it. Um, so I go back and I pull our student data in PEMS and I start looking at his behavior. One of the things that, that the National Threat Assessment talks about is that there's a direct link between behavior um, and socioeconomic status and, and the environment that that student lives in and violence. So I go back and I pull his, his charts, 26 incidents within a year of acts of aggression, whether it be verbal assault, physical assault, twice in the last six months, this same kid has said he's gonna bring a gun to school and kill everybody. Those are the things that I'm talking about. That's how we stop this, whether it be at school, whether it be in a workplace, if you've got an employee, Coworker that's talking or acting weird or you know behavior is strange. Um, yes. Yeah, so when, to answer your question, yes, I think that the the tactics that I'm trying to deploy at Texas City ISD could have prevented Santa Fe. Um, let's talk about Parkland real quick. One of the other things that I talk about is, you know, listen, I don't always agree with the rules. Here's my thing, and I, I get I get I get slack from some of the board members because I think that we're focusing on things that are not important. I don't care what color your hair is. I don't care. I don't care that you have rips in your jeans. As long as you're sitting in class and you're behaving, and you're getting good grades, and you're not interrupting the the educational environment of everyone else, I don't care what you're wearing. It it we are focusing on the wrong things. I made a comment today about imagine the imagine how low our referrals would be if we did away with things like hair color protocol in the student code in all contract. seriousness you guys have a hair color protocol yeah, at texas you city you can't have anything other than natural hair color well being the only one with hair 
here on the radio <laughs> to, uh, podcast. <laughs> I, Mike I and like I choose option. not to waste our <laughs> testosterone on here. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I hope I answered your questions. I, I you know, um, I think that this can definitely be. Well, it's, I think uh, the, the, this idea about being proactive, uh, I definitely could support. And there are uh, other measures uh, or other things that could be done earlier too. Like my my wife is a third grade teacher, and she has students that have problems and challenges, mm-hmm. and it starts very early. So when you're talking about kids in high school, by the time they get to high school, if they've been dealing with these issues all throughout their uh, elementary, junior high. Uh, middle school, junior high school, by the time they get to high school, they're very angry. So, you know, she was frustrated at the third grade level, and I told her, trying to encourage her, that she may be the only light some of these kids see. Mm -hmm. They could have been fighting all night. They could have been having all kind of issues in the home. In the school society, we have to provide some kind of safe place to try to help them. And and no, we can't solve every problem. Uh, But hopefully... Uh, while they're at school, those kids will feel loved and feel that somebody cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, part of it, and, and the community has to, to has to step up. You know, I have a lot of people that come to me about different issues, and, and I tell them, you know, we got to talk to our kids about respect and about discipline. And, and just because you can say something doesn't mean it's the right thing to say. Right. You know, if, you, it, it, uh, if you're cursing me out, I don't really much want to help you. You know, and I know if it's coming from an angry place that we could work on that. But at some point, everybody gets worn out or tired. Okay, I've been trying to help you. You curse me out every day. You know, I'm writing you up or doing whatever. So, but if we if we could uh, come together as a community, I know one of the things that I that I want to uh, mention. We're talking about being proactive. The the TAPS Academy and that mm-hmm. information and that curriculum, I think, is going to help with teens and policing and, and youth. Uh, and hopefully that's a program that could come to Texas City. Sure. Too. I'm uh, certainly open to that. I looked out over it last night. It looks great. Yeah. 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 So uh, so uh, I want to challenge our listeners, too, in the community, the parents, uh, that, hey, we need to let our kids know that's going to be like a zero tolerance because before Santa Fe, Hitchcock had an incident uh, where a kid had wrote on the wall, prepared to die on such and such date in the bathroom, and I think they figured it out. We're gonna have to make sure our kids understand that, mm-hmm. that, that these things are not gonna be tolerated in this environment, and we have to get back to, you know, I don't wanna live in an environment where we're afraid of our children. Mm-hmm. Right. I wouldn't live in my home afraid of my kids. Uh, so, so it's something our society, we're gonna have to do something about bringing the respect back. So I'm on yeah. board with that, but I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious about when we get um, uh, harder, or, right? Or, or, or what, do, what do they call more it? strict? Not, not more strict. Discipline. It's, it's uh, when when you uh, okay. Well, uh, you figure when, that out. Let me with, make with this the school point. when you when you put in all the uh, tactical things and you, you 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 harden the school, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you're dealing and when that becomes like the zero tolerance for yeah. certain behavior, uh, it's not always. I don't believe uh, in zero tolerance. Implemented uh, yeah. the same way, but uh, I, I'll let Norm get a word in because he yeah. usually overtalks me. But I'm I'm, I'm keep talking right now. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I I think everything that you're doing is is a great thing, and but I also think that you know everything you're talking about in order to be robust and effective, and not just be a bullet point on a politician's presentation, is going to require funding. Um, 
To a degree. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're, if you're going to need mental health professionals in right. schools, that just doesn't mean that in, in what you were talking about when you had a kid that had 26 instances, mm-hmm. uh, if you talk to the uh, Child Protective Services, they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the number one um, mental health provider is in Galveston County? Gulf Coast Centers. County, County Jail. Jail. Oh. County Jail. We had Henry Trotchett. And I, I'm sure you know Henry. The, oh, yeah. You know, Sheriff Trotchett. Yeah, I, I don't know if you know, but he was on a cruise ship in the middle of the Gulf yeah, when, when this went down. And yeah. he, when we interviewed him, you know, he, he was. He, it brought yeah, back memories. a lot of mental health uh, but issues. We, we need to get our mental health system to a point where it can deal with you know the community as it grows. And right now, it's yeah. not even dealing with it at its current size. And, and that's something that, you know, as somebody on the right wing of the political spectrum, I completely see the need for increase in mental health. And, you know, Ronald Reagan is seen as an icon of the right. But, you know, our homeless situation and a lot of our mental health issues can be traced back to his decision to close uh, federally funded mental health facilities. I'm glad you said you need, that. You need a blue shirt. No, you need to come on. What color is my shirt? What color is purple? Unfortunately, yeah, purple. Yeah, need, it, oh, see, yeah. we got purple yeah. from Mike. Yeah. We see purple today, even though yeah. you yeah. think you put on red. I put on red. Yeah, you, you know, we want to see. In red. I think that we need to understand that. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I I don't believe in zero tolerance because I always know that there are mitigating circumstances to why certain people. It doesn't have to be just kids behave the way that they behave. Yeah, you're not coming around my children. <laughs> <laughs> well, my but children. what I'm saying is there's there's a gray area sometimes why is this person acting the way that they're acting you know what sometimes these kids the only time they're called by their first name is at school Hmm. you know and um some of our kids have some pretty dire circumstances Mm -hmm. and i certainly understand that yeah you know but um you know i do know that there has to be consequences to actions there is a point where is there is no return. Something but has to I, be I, done. I have to stick this in before we end. Okay. I, I didn't know if I was going to I don't want to end. Let's keep going for another hour. Well, <laughs> well we can always get, make another one, okay. come back. But I, I, I didn't know if I was going to bring this up because I didn't want to get into the Second Amendment issues and this and that. Um, but oh, we're talking it. about mental health. And okay. you're talking about something. And when I heard it, you know, I, I, it really hit home. Uh, I lost a brother to suicide. Mm-hmm. And he, he took my father's gun that my, my father had in the house for uh, self-defense. You know, as a lot of houses do, they have a gun in the house. Uh, I found my brother. Um, it, it's something that has uh, stuck with me every, every single day, every single day. And when you were saying that, I was just wondering if, you know, if uh, an, imp- an improved presence in this high school, mental health professionals, you know, could have identified you know, issues Mm -hmm. that my parents weren't able to identify or thought it was normal. Um, You know, and uh, there'd be a lot more benefit than just preventing school shootings, you know, to the program you're you're, you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to get to your point, um, you know, I've caught some slack in the media for some of the things that I've said that I've said them, I'm going to own them, but it's taken out of context for the most part. One of the things that I talked about, I got caught some slack on uh, in my Texas Observer article was when I testified before the Senate, I referenced, I started my testimony with the wolf is in the hen house, okay? And that really angered some people because they felt like it was insensitive of me to reference our kids as wolves. What do you reference 
what do you use to reference someone who a student who walks into school kills 10 people mm-hmm. it's a monster you know but what i'm getting at is i don't think that my comment was off the wolf is in the hen house and i've said multiple times you know if you look at statistics sandy hook other than sandy hook there has been very very few instances where an outsider came into the school um, and caused this chaos and mass murder right so yes we do have wolves within our our students and our community um not every kid is a good kid that they're inherently there's some inherently bad kids in it and i think that there's some there's some mental health issues there there's some socioeconomic issues there's some uh issues with the students uh, upbringing or their values and morals and ethics of degraded amongst their family i don't know what it is but what society i'm society as a whole society as a whole and i yeah. think that social media has allowed i've told i've said this multiple times social media has allowed people a platform that don't have the courage to say things to people's face for them to say them where in 20 years ago if you'd have said some of the things that some of the people say they'd have got their teeth knocked out yep and that would have been the end of that and it would have been the end of it and you would have learned a lesson you know here listen here's the thing this is probably going to get me in hot water but i tell my kids all the time my kids have been to five schools in you know nine years three states texas uh, maryland and nevada and i tell my kids all the time you know if someone is harassing you if someone is bullying you report it okay make an adult aware and then you put that responsibility on that adult to do the right thing if nothing happens they continue to do that and if they ever assault you and place their hands on you you better bust them and some people say mike that's insensitive you shouldn't say that as an administrator this is my personal belief with my own children i'm not telling anybody that they need to tell their kid that but my children will not be a victim well standing on the bus stop in hitchcock uh i was picked on a a lot until i started fighting back and what happened after that and when i started fighting back and 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 with most bullies when people stand up to them people start leaving you alone. That's right. And, you know, again, I'm not being, like you say, an advocate of violence. No. And you're not telling your children to start anything, but you have to defend yourself, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, this, this um, what you're saying about the wolf in the, in the hen house, and we, we've got to find a way to, to deal with this because we have a, a society, a generation of children that are coming up uh, that have lost hope of a better future or tomorrow mm-hmm. because if a kid can't see that tomorrow's going to be better they get angrier and angrier right so i just recently uh had to talk with a young person that that was having some uh unwise thoughts so to speak and um it was amazing to me at that age i was riding a bicycle and that was the farthest thing from my mind hurting myself but this child is being bullied uh, but I was trying to give them some hope that things get better, like life gets better. Because yeah. kid, kids are right now. Right. They can't see past right. the weekend. Oh, yeah. And some of them can't see past the thread they're reading. Yeah. yeah. We need to get to find a way with social media to get them to, to, to shut these things off. Because it, it's hard for some of us to think, like, you're being bullied on 
social media. Why don't you just cut it off? Turn it Why off. You turn it off. Yeah. And I think as a society, we need to we need to be more. Yeah. Uh, and and next time attention. we come in, I think we can have maybe a four person because I, I was speaking with a, uh, a a pediatrician last week who was on a presidential council uh, talking about social media. And she said that kids, young teens especially, don't have the mental processes uh, they need to filter YouTube. And the, the example was last week or two weeks ago, there were riots in Colombia. A lot of kids thought that Colombia was in a full-blown revolution and thousands and thousands of people were dying. And it was all based off a seven-second video of some street violence in a protest. Uh, so, you know, they don't have the, the, the processing capability that an adult has, and adults don't recognize that. And I think that might be something good the next time, you know, we come yeah, so through. much information is coming at them so fast, and right. they have 24 hours of information. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've witnessed my children sleep with their cell phones in their hand. In their hand. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so, so we, we, we got, it's, it's a, it's an addiction and, and I mean, TV used to go off, remember the mm -hmm. flag and the music and you know, you just didn't have it 24 hours. I think it's a problem having access to well, and I think that uh, there's constant stimulation, well, whether it's good it, or bad. And it's the content also. I mean, yeah. if you look at, um, you know, if you look at the content that, uh, that these kids are exposed to, you know, I mean, think about it. I'm, I'm 42, you know, oh, Sam, you young 48. man. You know, and Norman's probably younger than both of us. Sixty. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, my point is, is, is when we were kids, let's just take into example pornography, right? You want to talk about pornography? Um, when I was a kid, I didn't see pornography till I was probably fifteen or sixteen years old at my older cousin's house, and it was in the form of print, and that was it. These kids not only see pornography, they can see violent images involving pornography they can see murders and it re and, rewires their brains that's right and i don't think that they're i don't think that they're capable of understanding no you know yeah and they grow the, up to be able to vote i mean seriously i'm not being funny here but you know you, you want responsible voters and we're allowing influences into people at a young point in their time where in just two or three years they're going to be voters that scares me yeah i mean this this year you know i i brought over craig straw who was the former director of of uh clear creek isd and craig's former 27 year veteran of the air force and craig and i balance each other very well and you know craig and i talked about what our goals were this year we've we've got a lot of the infrastructure security in place right now we want to focus solely on the mental health aspect the social services aspect and our motto this year was hearts and minds you know we wanted to win hearts and minds because i felt like last year was just too rough it was just too much you know it was it was culture shock for the kids it was that kind of that zero tolerance uh, and that wasn't my term. I, th I get. I think. I. I think I get thrown in with a lot of things that I didn't actually really say. Um, but I don't believe in zero tolerance. Like I said, there's that gray area. But Craig and I's motto this year was hearts and minds. You know, there's there's so much that we need to do as as parents, as as a community. Um, you know, there was a student last year that I listen. I knew that this kid was on a path to violence. This kid, we had issues with him. He had 
there was rumors that he had had a weapon. I just so happened to be on the campus that day. We pulled him aside. He was extremely belligerent, cursing us out. Um, and I watched two deputies and an administrator follow this kid around for over five minutes because no one wanted to gain control of the situation. Here I am, I'm like two months on the job. So I walk up, grab him by the arm and say, hey man, listen, you're not in control here, right? Of course, he's throwing his hands up, cursing at me, telling me what he's gonna do and all this other nonsense. And then I had to exert a little bit of force, say, hey, listen, I'm in charge, I'm an adult, this is what you're gonna do. But I watched three professionals follow this kid around because no one wanted to take control. Afraid of their job. We have to start getting to where we're not afraid of that. I'm not encouraging any violence at all. But this same kid sat right there in that in that office and told me he was going to stomp my head in. And I told him to just do it. If that's if you think you can do that, do it. And he settled down once he knew, oh, wait, oh, this is a man I'm talking to, you know. And so and I'm not you know, I'm not really proud of that. But I told that kid there and he has a tremendous amount of talent. This kid, I told him, I said, son, listen to me. I'm here to help you, okay? You have a tremendous amount of talent. I hate to see you waste that because what's gonna happen is you're gonna either make it or you're not gonna make it. That's your options right now, the way you're going. And it has everything to do with the attitude that you have. You've gotta change your attitude. You've gotta understand you've got value. I see it and I'm willing to help you. That kid was involved in a murder two months ago. No, jeez. So, I'm asking parents, you know, my call is to parents and to community. Uh, you know, I've had a community event, 48 people showed up. You know, I just sent out a message to some people on Talk of Texas City that we need parent volunteers. We want to have a volunteer program. I'm hoping to meet with them in the coming week. Um, but what we need to understand is our kids emulate us. Our kids emulate us, they emulate society. We've got to be present. Um, so, um, that's my call to the community is let's work together. We got to discipline them and we got to discipline them in love. And I, I totally support men and women. Adults need to show up uh, in in the community meetings and we need to show up in our communities, in the barbershops, in the beauty shops, uh, at our little league. Uh, games with the kids that that has What's to with be the hair some stuff respect. today. The barber shops, et cetera. So it's just just because Mike and I are here with bald heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey. we, we we we've got to have uh, that figure of authority to come mm-hmm. back because at the end of the day, you know, like you say, somebody has to be in control, and, and the kids never in society have the kids been allowed to be in control. Yeah, I I, I heard, uh, and I'm probably cultural revolution, Chairman yeah. Mao. I, I heard uh, someone Kids talk about uh, the uh, the teachers uh, afraid of the uh, principal, mm-hmm. the principal's afraid of the superintendent, the superintendent's afraid of the board, the board's afraid of the parents, the, past, the parents are afraid of the kids, and the kids ain't afraid of nobody. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we got to reverse that mm-hmm. in, in love. I'm not talking about just 
jumping kids for no reason. But in order to get our, our, our society better and in control, you know, we didn't get to get to a lot of the questions I had because Norm hogged the conversation. But we'll, <laughs> we'll have to have you back and, yeah, and, oh yeah. and talk about because uh, um, I really do have some concerns that we can't, we don't have the resources to put more officers in every school and also uh, what Texas City was able to do is because it's Texas City. Yeah, but we do resources. have the resources, just a question of re reallocating the way they do it in Austin. Yeah, you know, I, 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 um, I have had people from all over the country call me and ask me, hey man, how are, you, how are you so successful? What are you doing? I don't have the budget that you've got. What are three things that I can do that's not gonna be, uh, you know, cost an arm and a leg? And I've always, you know, told them, there's a couple things. You need an anonymous reporting app. You need, to, you need to have a way that kids feel comfortable to report things without any repercussions, okay? That's the first thing. We use an app called P3, and I'm not promoting P3. I don't make any money off them, but I like their I like the uh, the product it's that they produce. It's an anonymous app. It's anonymous. It's $2,500 is what I spend a year. Um, the second thing I talk to them about is that they have to have a group of trained individuals in threat assessment based upon the National Threat Assessment Center model. Uh, we had Sigma Threat Management come down and train all 1,400 staff members in an eight-hour block of threat management uh, and threat assessment. That was that cost me $6,500. So what do we have? Bargain. Add? Yep, bargain. And then you have to develop those threat assessment teams, which is free based upon the training that they received, so that when you, you know, and but we this is where we we have this stalemate here is is administrators see what's in front of their face they're not they don't have the time due to the amount of disciplinary issues that they're dealing with or other issues to go back and do the research that i do as things come through and look at that pattern of behavior to determine if this student needs to actually have a threat assessment done by this team and then once the threat assessment's done having you know someone to refer that kid to because we're good at sending kids to daep we're not good at following up with that student, making sure that he or she and their family has adequate resources to right their behavior in the first place. There is no prolonged treatment for that student. So we're taking the kid, we're sending them to DAEP where he or she could possibly learn other behaviors, and then we're putting them right back in the environment that we remove them from without any education on, on the how front to end. correct it that's yeah, right yeah we're spending more on the back end as opposed to that's right and so it's 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 30 or 40 years of cultural change that we have to make a difference and we've got to stop it now and so i encourage educators if you're listening you know pay attention to signs and symptoms talk to your administrators have have solutions in place that are common sense that are less restrictive in the five incidents that we've had in the last six weeks, my my argument to the board was that those those particular incidents did not have to lead to an arrest. We could have prevented all five of them if we were doing it in in this particular method, you know, getting out ahead of it, and uh, it didn't have to lead to an arrest. And so, if you want to lower the number of arrests, let's be proactive on the front end. Let's pay attention, let's have solutions, and let's move forward. Sorry. Well, Mike, we want to thank you for coming out speaking with us today. We, we were planning on um, 
uh, chopping this in half to 30 minutes, but the <laughs> no, conversation sorry. kept us to uh, an hour. No, it was, it, we, we need it. Uh, we got to find solutions. Uh, elected officials, if you're listening, parents, teachers, uh, school board members, we've uh, got to meet in the middle on this. Uh, Norm and I often talk about that our kids are our future. And if we're going to have a better world, a better society, we have got to come up with solutions. We have to do the hard work. Uh, we have to do the uncomfortable things to uh, regain control, because if not, uh, uh, we're headed for self-destruction. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to Meet in the Middle Chronicles with Sam Collins and Norman Papoose. Norman is the one that talks a lot, and I'm the good-looking one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, he's speechless, right? No, come on. Close us out with a, uh, something for... Uh, our oh, we'll be back audience. with Mike and uh, and some more things that we can do uh, at our schools that will benefit our kids and our community. Uh, have a very nice Christmas, and we'll see you next week.